Yeah. All right. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. And I come to you six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I am your daily distraction for all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can simply listen, YouTube Comedy Schools, where we're just now tuning in, and of course, right here on Facebook Live. It is our Christmas week extravaganza, which means we are doing nothing special at all. I mean, we're doing st special stuff for Christmas, but I mean, as far as the show goes, I didn't plan. I didn't make any deep plans to do something incredible for Christmas week. But I know that a lot of you are uh, off work, and being off work nowadays primarily means that during the day we are staring at different computer screens than we normally do, but then no digits are magically appearing in our bank account. So uh, think about how you get paid nowadays. I used to, uh, when I first started working, I got paid cash money. They just hand me cash money. How many hours you work? Eight. What are you making? Dollar an hour. Here's eight dollars. Cash money. Had eight bucks in your pocket. Okay. Get a glass of beer to three two tavern house springs for fifty cents. Didn't even have to be twenty one. Just go in there and go. Give me a beer. You had to say it with authority. Can't go to get. Do you guys have beer? You didn't do that. You went to go. Yeah, give me a, what do you got on tap? False staff? All right, I'll take that. Give me a, give me a glass of false staff. Don't say glass either, just give me a false staff. Couldn't give anything, give it away. You know, and if you had a big thick beard and you're wearing a hard hat, that's really all you had to do to drink at a bar uh, out in Jefferson County when I was a kid is have a big beard and wear a hard hat. You didn't even have to have a hard hat job. You just had to, you know, buy a hard hat somewhere, get a hard hat, put it on. And I had a hard hat job for a while. I worked at a uh, shipyard, and they required me to wear a hard hat. Never got hit in the head. Never got hit in the head, not once. But you never know. You never know. That hard hat was like a uh, vaccine. It was a vaccine hat. That's what it was. It was like a little condom for my head. Condom vaccine head. Uh, no one called me that. And I'm glad I didn't say anything like that there, because then they would have called you that. Hey, uh, big doings. Big doings. Coming up. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, we're going to have a New Year's Eve show featuring my own damn self and Jim Perry. That's my own damn self and Jim Perry, along with assorted uh, guests we're all going to have uh, together for the festivities. Uh, and... Uh, I know a lot of you are, look, if I wasn't working, I wouldn't be going out. And I'm going to be super safe. I think I'm going to wrap myself in saran wrap uh, even before I go to the show. But uh, I'm going to do super, we do super safe social distancing anyway at JP's. We're not sitting anywhere near capacity. We're really not e sitting anywhere near uh, maximum allowable. You know, uh, we want to make sure everybody has plenty of space and that everybody is comfortable and that we're all all of us there are adhering to the guidelines, so no customers feel uh, feel out of place either. But we're going to do a live New Year's Eve show, and we're also going to do something for you guys, for you, those of you that watch this on a regular basis, those of you that still want to have something going on New Year's Eve but don't want to leave the house, uh, or you're nowhere near the club but would like to see the show. 
So on my Facebook page right now, matter of fact, right below where this is streaming, is the link that allow you to join the Zoom webinar that allow you to see the live JP's Comedy Show. Now, for those you've been following us during the entire pandemic, and we appreciate each and every one of you that do, God bless you, Cheryl. Cheryl just said, there wasn't COVID, that was SARS, so we're fine. Uh, those of you who have been uh, watching, uh, following us, you know that uh, throughout the summer, throughout the summer, we brought you live Zoom shows on Sunday nights. We brought you live uh, Zoom shows on Sunday nights, and uh, they were pretty good shows. A lot of people came out. As the country kind of halfway opened up, that kind of didn't make sense anymore, and we kind of slowed down on that. But darn it, we learned how to put on some good ones. What does that mean for you? That means the show you're going to see New Year's Eve is going to be absolutely fantastic. You'll be able to see it, enjoy it. You'll be able to hear it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be well worth your time. You're going to click the Zoom link. Um, and we start at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, end at 9 Mountain Standard Time with a North American countdown. So what does that mean? That means that uh, I think it's in Newfoundland. It will be midnight. It's the first time. The Eastern time time zone is not the furthest east Eastern time zone uh, on our continent, on the continent of North America. There's one that's further than that. And at 9 o'clock here, it will be midnight there. So we do a North American countdown. So if you're like me, and for years now, the only time you went out on New Year's was if you were working uh, but you still like to do things, still like to do something, okay? But at the same time, or even if you did go out and you didn't want to be out at midnight, not so much because of the drunks on the road, but because of the drunks on the road, but because of, uh, I don't know if you've ever been caught in a uh, drunk driver checkpoint. I've been caught in several drunk driver checkpoints sober, not caught doing anything where you're just sitting there for like an hour as they're seeing if you were drinking, you know, it's a driver's checkpoint. You're sitting there. And you don't even want to be caught in that. Who needs all that hassle? Okay? So you go out somewhere early and then go go be home well before midnight. That's what we got for you. We got that for you. Okay? So uh, you want to check out the link on my Facebook page, New Year's Eve. It's got three pictures of me from uh, the 80s, the 2000s, and now. To show you the uh, slow progression, the evolution of Tony Visig over the years. Hi, Charles Kaminsky. Hi, Teresa Munoz. Some people, uh, uh, when your name, when you uh, show up, your name pops up. We have a little wave thing. Not everybody, but uh, those that do, we like to say hi and wave back. Um, what else is going on? I guess, um, I don't know. I've, I've hung out with some pretty crazy people. Members of the OG Bloods, 1% bikers. You know, found myself at a table with a bunch of mafia guys one night in Las Vegas. Just figuring out how I could shrink and get out from under that table, get away from that table. Uh, and I've heard some pretty crazy things in my life, and I've known some pretty nutty people. Nutty people. Crazy people. Dangerous people. Insane people. But the stuff I'm hearing coming out of the White House now is like, you know, I hear that the regular nuts at the White House are now terrified of the crazier nuts. There are people there right now crazier than Rudy Giuliani. And Rudy Giuliani has gone a little nuts. See, I'm going to tell you a little something that I know about becoming an old guy. Because I am, you know, I'm 65. If I was working like in a factory or something, I'd be retired. I'd be getting a pension. That wasn't the road I chose. Okay? 
And you know what I'd probably do if I retired from working in a factory or something at 65? I'd say, now I'm going to be a stand-up comic. I would have done something like that. But it's, it doesn't go the other way. You don't become a stand-up comic and at 65 go, oh, I think I'll go to work at the Chrysler plant. So, but old guys, as we get older, some guys are okay with it. It's not that they succumb. It's not that they fall apart. Some guys do. Some guys just sit in the chair and quit. Okay? I'm not judging that. That just happens. Okay? Some guys enjoy their retirement. You know, they take up other hobbies. You know, I know some people who did well. And you know, and before all this, they were going to travel around the world or to buy a sailboat. You know, uh, but then there's another group of guys who I hope that I am who is, are cognizant enough of the fact that they are not 25 or 35 or 45 any longer, but that your job more or less, your position in life more or less is uh, to be a, a benign mentor. What do I mean? Not the guy going, you're going to do it my way. I've been doing it this way for 40 years. You know, be, a, be the person that someone comes to for advice. To be, to accept being a grandfather and be a great grandfather while still being a father, while still being a husband, while still being alive. I did a little dance on stage the other night. You don't know that, Shirley. It lasted 30 seconds. I did like a little Irish jig because of the music they were playing. Um, it was pathetic, but I was able to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, to roll with it. You learn to roll with it. And when you do, it's beautiful. But there are some guys who can't roll with it. Some guys who at 75 are still trying to be 35. Now, granted, we've got a president who's 78, but we damn near dragooned that guy and Joe Biden. We damn near dragooned, dragooned him into it. We damn near forced him into it. Go, my goodness, we, we got, you know, we got to have someone and you're the one who can win. For a lot of reasons, some, and not because of him, some of them weren't so great, you know. Um, clearly, if Hillary Clinton's name had been uh, Henry Clinton, of course, then she would have married a bill, but Henry Clinton, she would have, she would have won. There was a certain amount of misogyny that, uh, as a Champ de Blasio just said, some guys walk in the rain, other guys just get wet. Right you are, sir. And you and I are men who walk in the rain. You and I are men who walk in the rain. There was a certain amount of misogyny in uh, uh, Hillary's loss. You know, a certain amount of, uh, you know, not, you know, not as horrific as it was, say, 100 years ago when women couldn't vote. But it was there. But in someone like Rudy Giuliani, you see a guy who, with everything that he's accomplished, and I was never a Giuliani guy, but he did do incredible things for New York at the beginning of his administration. He did somehow turn the city around. Now, the city was ready to turn around. It had nowhere to go but turn around. He did that. And his career was over right before 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, he kind of stepped in and stepped up, at least, you know, as far as a public face. Uh, and that really is what he's been living off of, you know, for almost 20 years. But now he's just a crazy old man. Going on, going on television and radio, making a fool out of himself. He's making a fool out of himself. You know what they say, there's no fool like an old fool. If I ever find myself leeching into Giuliani mindset, I will, I will just shut it down. So, I mean, when I go on stage, I'm still not trying to be the hip, slick, cool guy. Hey, man, what's happening, baby? You know, it's the government, man. Talking about what's going on with me now. Talking about what's going on with you. 
you know, laughing at my foibles, laughing at the silliness and folly of it all, as we all should. Hey, uh, what else can I tell you about? I'll be doing my advanced class tonight um, at JP's at 7.30 and at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm doing a free intro on Zoom, free intro on Zoom for one hour from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'm going to be on Zoom uh, doing a free intro for my stand-up comedy workshop. If you got nothing to do, uh, or if you're curious, some of you are curious, uh, I'm going to be on at 6. Uh, I'm going to be on at 6 uh, uh, doing a one-hour free intro. So just go to ComedySchools.com. You'll figure out how to get on there, okay? The other thing you get to do when you get older is you still get to, uh, you, you get to maybe relive some of your boyhood, especially if you got a grandson. I do have a grandson. We do have a comic book shop here in Maricopa. It's called Mr. E's Comics, ran by a great na- guy named Brian. It's become one of the things that my grandson and I can do because so many things are shut down. And uh, my thing is Marvel Comics. Hold on, let me grab this one if I can get it. Marvel Comics from the classic era, being 12 cents and under, and they're hard to get a hold of. But I got this today. I got a Captain Marvel from somewhere in the 60s. Look at that. This is Captain Marvel 2. Now, there was a Captain Marvel during World War II, I think. Uh, And then he he kind of disappeared, and then he came back. This is Captain Marvel 2, the second in the series, okay? Excellent, excellent shape. Look at the artwork. I loved the artwork. Nowadays, the artwork has become such an important, it was always an important part of comics, but they were panels telling stories. And the new artwork is just stunning, but I don't think that it still stands up to the classic. Um, I'm trying to get... Sure, I'll reach over there and grab over in that pile over there. Right down in the middle of it is Justice League of America. So go over and just grab a Justice League of America. So kind of look around in there. Oh, hand me that one too. Hand me that one too. The Batman. All right. So anyway, uh, while we're doing that, um, you know, we're good. We're good. All right, here, here. All right, so this is a Justice League of America. So this is more modern. This is 2008. Now you can see it's busy. Uh, uh, the graphics are, uh, however they print them and the graphics that they do uh, uh, is a little more high-end, a little more polished than the Captain Marvel from the 60s. But I prefer it because there's something that still says comic book. For these. So I don't know what you prefer, 2008 comic book art or 1960s comic book art, but there you've got a couple of pictures. By the way, I don't know if you prefer any of it at all. Are you going, why is he talking about comic books? I got one other uh, cover to show you that uh, I think is cool. I don't really do a lot of DC stuff, but I've got this, which is a collector special number one, okay? And it's Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Now, there's power in a really simple graphic. Power in a really simple design. So check that out. Just the yellow and kind of a uh, sickly yellow, the kind of yellow that the sky turns when there's too much pollution. And then, of course, the dark looming visage, but not actually visage, uh, outline of uh, Batman the Dark Knight. So this was a lot of the revival of Batman that started in the 80s with the films. 
This is the first new solo Batman book since 1940. So it's pretty cool. And I haven't known it. Okay. Uh, now we paid like almost 10 bucks for this thing at one time. All right. But uh, I don't know what it's worth now, but we're going to check it out. So anyway, I've been able to um, kind of, one of the things you can do when you're older is um, you kind of get to go back and revisit your childhood. And I know everyone always says, man, when I was a kid, I had a whole box of comic books. My mom threw them out. Well, your mom threw them out because you ran away, you bum. Your mom threw them out because you were sniffing airplane glue and dropping acid. And she, she was heartbroken. <laughs> and she just didn't want any memories from your little boy laying around. They made her feel so she threw them out. <laughs> or you hadn't lived there in 10 years. And they actually wanted to turn the room into uh, a room for uh, her, uh, her and your dad. Uh, I don't know what happened to all my comic books. But I'm kind of rebuying when I can, kind of rebuying when I can. So that's what we got for you in the realm of comic books right now. Uh, let's get to the music, shall we? I know it's kind of a low-key show today. I know that, you guys. I know that, you know, I'm just kind of uh, loping along here. Uh, for those of you that have been following the show, you know that I had a, uh, a procedure done uh, uh, a week or two ago that went bad, but now is okay. I think I'm still feeling the effects of it. But anyway, check these out. You might want to check it out, man. Uh, here's what we're showing you featured today. Captain Marvel. We got it Mr. East Comics. Dark Knight, which I'm going to be taking up to Brian to see if he wants to buy it. And then I have a whole slew of uh, Justice League, too. All right? Three different art things. It's fun just to Google and look at the art on those covers. Now, here's the thing, okay? As sophisticated as I sometimes like to think that I am. And I know anybody who watched this goes, how can you possibly think you're sophisticated? And as much as I have uh, spent years uh, rolling around in art museums throughout this country, from New York's uh, Metropolitan Museum, uh, Museum of Modern Art, the Getty in Los Angeles, so many great museums throughout the uh, country, uh, Salvador Dali's Museum in Florida, I love the art on comic books, you know? I know that it's comic book art. I know it does not compare to Da Vinci or Rembrandt or Jackson Pollock. And since I know that, I can still love it. I was with a group of people last night and uh, I hadn't been with for a while. Brilliant writers. I was with them on Zoom. We were just having to get together uh, after a project we had worked on. And everybody was talking about what movies they had watched. Or, or what shows they were going to recommend on Amazon or Netflix. And and they were, they're all so smart. They go, well, there's this wonderful French film. Now, I watch this one film, and it's an Israeli film, but it's in Arabic. And they get to me, and I go, uh, I watch Texas Rising. <laughs> there was a uh, miniseries, and they go, because it had cowboys and stuff in it. <laughs> Actually, I was being cheeky, and I go, I recommend The Gangs of London. If you don't know what it's about, it's about gangs. In London, which, by the way, I recommend to you as well, if you like crime stories, uh, you know, and if you've watched every mafia movie ever made in the United States, but you still want to watch crime stories, you got some great ones coming out of England. Let me highly recommend Gangs of London. What was the name of that other one we watched, Cheryl? That wasn't as uh, violent. It started with an R. We'll recommend it tomorrow. We're not going to get into it right now. But I just finished watching them called Texas Rising, which was done for the History Channel in 2015. Starring Bill Paxton, okay, uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, uh, Brendan Fraser, 
Uh, Kirk Nermy says, you look sophisticated anyway, but the illusion is easily contradicted by this show. <laughs> Angela Fox says, it's still art. You're entitled to love what you want. Uh, yes, Angela. Yes. Anyway, it's a 10-part miniseries that takes place in the aftermath of the Alamo onto uh, the defeat of Santa Ana and then, um, and then a little bit showing what followed even after that. All right, uh, Bill Paxton playing Sam Houston, one of his last roles. And it was terrible. But it was so terrible that it was fun. Everything that came out of Bill Paxton's mouth was, in a, and it's, what kind of day are you having? A great day because we are going to be a republic. It was all that kind of dialogue. Uh, a lot of gratuitous violence. That's what actually saved it. Uh, and uh, playing Andrew Jackson, a now revisited historical figure, was one Chris Christopherson, who had starred in a miniseries about uh, the rebellion in Texas and defeat of Santa Ana years ago, where he was the lead called Two for Texas, but now playing a much smaller role because he's an older man, Chris Christopherson. And he did a good job. And which brings us to the music today, which is this, a CD I own called Christofferson. All right? Now, this is a compilation CD of a lot of Chris Christofferson's greatest stuff. Now, it's hard to believe when you look there that that's Chris Christofferson. But it is. Very young Chris Christofferson. On this CD is some of the great American music of the 20th century. All right? Uh, and we'll start with A Sunday Morning Coming Down, which is one of the greatest hangover songs ever written if you ever wanted to hear a song that if you've ever had a hangover and like a bad hangover if you ever hear a song that encapsulates perfectly what it feels like to have a hangover sunday morning coming down is just uh, stunning there was a a, a movie made called uh, fat tuesday with jeff bridges about uh, the low end of the boxing business uh, that opened with that song uh, with Stacy Keach. Start Jeff Bridges, a young guy in Stacy Keach, and it was a stunning scene. If you get a chance to check it out. Uh, also on here uh, is uh, For the Good Times. It's one of the most beautiful love songs ever written. One of the most beautiful love songs, and it is, of course, a breakup song. But if you, if you love love songs, just pull out your heart, heartstrings, then For the Good Times is one of the most beautiful um, and then, of course, a song that was much in much controversy when it first came out because a young teenage girl sang the song, a girl who probably was not legal in most states, but a girl named Sammy Smith had a huge hit in the late 60s, early 70s with a song called Help Me Make It Through the Night, and then done by many other artists, which is basically a song about, hey, let's have a one-night stand. Hey, let's have a one-night stand. But if there, this guy could capture in his songs those not big turning point moments, but little turning point movement moments, those things that you experience for a minute or an hour or a half hour are those things you do just to get from 8 o'clock in the morning till midnight at night. The quiet things that happen inside people and the little decisions that they make in private. Sunday morning coming down about uh, hangovers. Okay. Um, um, help me make it through the night. About that, hey, it's just you and I and we're here and who knows and we got nothing to lose. I don't care what's right or wrong. 
you know, beautiful, cool song that uh, uh, really captures that moment. And even if you've never had one of those moments, you don't have to have one of those moments. You don't have to have one of those experiences to know exactly what it's like. And all you got to do is listen to those tunes. Okay? Uh, and of course, also on here, was there another one I wanted to get to? Sunday morning, I'm down with you for the good time. Uh, we got Sunday morning for the good times about that, you know, that the relationship ending, the bittersweetness of it, of people that love each other but just can't stay together any longer. And of course, the monster. The song that became an anthem for a generation, Me and Bobby McGee, once again recorded by a woman, recorded by Janis Joplin, uh, came out after her uh, unti uh, untimely and sad death. And once again, a story about anonymous people and their anonymous lives just hitchhiking around the country and uh, working basically as vegetable pickers to get by and just being in love so it didn't matter to one day he wakes up and she's gone. And then he has to carry on. And it's one of the most beautiful and one of the most iconic songs of the 20th century. Now, Chris Christopherson is known as a songwriter. And he is a songwriter. And those songs were so big. And he was so embraced not only by country music, but by rock music, that it's kind of hard to really understand that he didn't write that many huge hit songs. There are a lot of the good songs on here if you're a Christopherson fan, Christopherson uh, fan of his stuff. Uh, uh, Just the Other Side of Nowhere is good. Uh, Laws for the Protection of People is good. Uh, Best of All Possible Worlds is good. To Beat the Devil is good. They're all good, but they're not those songs that seem to capture that which is eternal in the human soul the way those other four do. And we're going to highlight, uh, help me make it through the night uh, for you guys today. You should listen to it. Listen to it tonight. Don't listen to it when the sun's up and it's hot. Listen to it in the evening when it's cool. And you'll go, okay, all right. Um, of course, that was very interesting is that he was an Air Force pilot. He was a Rhodes Scholar, packed it all in, went down to Nashville, got a job sweeping floors in a recording studio. Someone asked him, why did you go from being a professional military man uh, to sweep floors. He goes, well, I wanted to write songs, and I figured that's where I'd meet songwriters. You know, uh, with, by the way, because he'd accomplished so much, when he talked to songwriters, he didn't come in, you know, from like a poor place, like, I, just, I wrote this song, but I wrote this song. You might want to listen to it. Uh, Ray Price became a big champion of his. That's how much he, um, uh, how much territory he covers in the music pantheon from Ray Price to Janis Joplin. Um, and then went on to become one of the number one box office stars, sex symbols in the United States throughout the 70s. And then after his career took a terrible hit with the movie Heaven's Gate, then rebuilt as one of, uh, one of our finest character actors. One of our finest character actors. Uh, and there was a great movie he did, and it's escaped my mind right now. Lone Star. Lone Star. You want to see a great movie? I think it's a John Sayles film. Lone Star, Chris Christopherson playing one of the scariest bad guys you've ever seen on cinema. So today we honor Chris Christopherson. We share some of his music with you. We talk about comic books. We point out that I look sophisticated, but I ain't. <laughs> but I'm having a pretty good time. I hope you're having a good time too. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Remember, look at my Facebook page. We got the link for the New Year's Eve show. Join me for New Year's Eve, man. 
you know, come out to the show wherever you are in the world. Okay, it doesn't cost much. Okay, we'll set up. You'll be able to watch the show. We'll bring. I'm going to come right into your living room. Check it out. All right, I'll see you guys all tomorrow at 2 p.m. Bye-bye.